Okay, folks, welcome to the Coastal Advocacy Adventures podcast. I'm at the home of uh, Troy and Teresa and here in Kyle, Texas, and I want to set this up first before we get started, but thanks for dinner, first of all. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. You've opened up your home to me to do this, and I'm grateful for that, so thank you very Definitely. much. Definitely. Just Papa Murphy's. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so set this up. The name of the podcast is Coastal Advocacy Adventures, and I think we're going to end up filing this under the adventures portion of that title. And um, you'll discover why as we kind of go through um, this episode. I met Troy a couple of weeks ago. Well, actually, it was just a week ago on the beach. And I was participating in the Big Shell cleanup, the Friends of Padre Billy Sandiford Big Shell cleanup. So we're on the Padre Island National Seashore down there with backcountry hunters and anglers and CCA and the Texas Game Wardens doing our portion of the beach that we were instructed to go pick up on the way out to like our mile markers, which was 24, 25. We, oh, wow, y'all made it that far out? Yeah. Yeah, we, well, we were 23, 24. But, yeah, some people went all, I mean, they went to 36, wow. 38. On our way out, uh, I can't remember what mile marker it w- was. Four. You, you know by heart. So we, uh, mile marker four there on the beach was a sailing vessel, looked to be – abandoned and had been there for a little while it looked looked like it had been there for a long while and it's just a fascinating sight to see on the beachfront because you don't really don't see those sorts of things and so on our way back every you know we're done with the cleanup and everyone wanted to take pictures next to this vessel including myself so i got one with my daughter and the game wardens were lining up to get one about a a dozen game wardens Uh, and (laughs) i was very surprised when i pulled back up after recycling some of that diesel i was like oh hell yeah and so um, Troy walks up and just like jumps up on the vessel and with the cans, uh, empty cans he was using and, and it just, it all of a sudden, and he started talking to us and all of a sudden we realized, oh, good grief, this is the guy's vessel. And Troy started to tell his story, which we'll go into later. And my heart just sunk. And I, well, first of all, and I think I told you, but I felt horrible because we're sitting there and you know, there's this thing here on the beach and we're having a good time and taking pictures in front of it because it's so unique. And then here is Troy with this situation that's quite unfortunate and he's having to deal with the reality of it. And we're just passing through and uh, Troy's stuck there having to deal with this with this thing. And so um, I, I Troy and I talked for a, a little while, maybe five minutes, and uh, I asked if he would be willing to share the story with with folks and maybe at the end of this you will be compelled if you're listening to, you'll be compelled to see if there's something that you can do to help troy out because uh, his like i said earlier his situation is unique and there may be something that we all can do as a community to um, help out a fellow texan and a uh, fellow beach lover and fellow cca member because he's uh, gone to banquets and he's participated uh here at the events in the uh, austin area so I set that up, and um, so welcome to the podcast, you two. Yes, sir. Thank you. And again, thanks for having me here in your home so we could do this. So why don't we just do, we'll start with you, Troy, um, just background on uh, where uh, where you've kind of been in your adult life, walk your way through your career, what you used to do, and then set it up to where you met Teresa, and then we'll take it from there. Okay. How about that? Sure. Um, 
gosh, I guess to start would, would be where to where I got the bug. Um, I was a military brat, so we we skipped around a lot. But, um, but I, where I guess where I picked the bug up, we my dad um, taught law at West Point for a couple of years when I was in like fifth, sixth, seventh grade, um, and he, he took me on. Uh, the Clearwater, which is a boat that kind of brings awareness to pollution on the Hudson. And we spent a couple weeks going up and down the Hudson and just picking up different groups of kids and, uh, you know, like I said, trying to bring awareness. And I started to enjoy sailing. You know, I slept in the mainsail at night. And um, from there we moved to, oh gosh, to uh, Houston, where I joined uh, like a Boy Scout club. Uh, it was called Sea Explorers, where people that couldn't sell their boat for what they wanted to, they could give it to us for what, and then write it off for what they wanted to sell it for, more or less. Mm-hmm. And we would strip them and race them, and race them. And during the summers, they would kind of split us all up and pawn us off to more fortunate people with nice boats, and we would race from Texas to Florida or Texas to Mexico and whatnot and just get more experience um and which i guess part of that's part of what kind of bit me because i underestimated the gulf crossing it several times i didn't realize the fury she had so you know it's always been a lifelong dream to have a boat and that's what we planned on doing was just cruising um and i guess i'd i'd was in a 20-year-long marriage with a woman that had no desire to do anything of that nature. And then um, after my daughter was about to be 18, we had a little tiff, and then she left. And uh, subsequently after that, I met Teresa, and then she was equally as adventurous as I was. So once her daughter, which was, what, a year younger than mm-hmm. my daughter, mm-hmm finally graduated high school we were like we're out of here oops um so we bought a camper and sold uh, everything sold everything everything but the shell of the house so y'all had uh two homes i think we talked about this mm-hmm. before so y'all sold uh one one of them yeah I, I sold mine and then i rented ours out as an income or okay. mine out as an income yeah um but everything in it was completely if it didn't fit in the camper it didn't get to come and we, we found what a website or something like that where you could go work at campgrounds, mm-hmm. and they would pay you next to nothing, but you could live there for free. And right. yeah, they, do they call them hosts, or I know that maybe Parks and Wildlife calls them hosts, but cool, yeah, cool camper. There's a couple different sites, but cool but yeah, that's what we were considered was was a host. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and so basically, we got to stay for free, but we had to put in X amount work. of hours. Um, and uh, where'd so y'all go? You we, know, we went to Napa Valley. Um, okay. This guy, we emailed him, and he emailed us back. He's like, well, hey, when can y'all take a phone call? We're like, oh, 4 o'clock tomorrow. And then we answered the phone right at 4, and we really didn't have any. He said, how soon can you be here? Yeah, we looked at each other like. We're in Kyle, Texas. (laughs) We're like, um. We're in Napa. We can leave June 1st, and that Mm -hmm. was, what, two weeks before June 1st? Because at the time I was teaching. So it was. And I had to wait till my service was up. Yeah. And so as soon as it was done. We had a a whole bunch of yard sales over two weekends and gave away a lot of stuff. And 
kicked out the, the youngest that really didn't believe that we were going to actually leave up until the very last day. And like I told you earlier, you know, she's trying to, we, we knew the renters weren't moving in for what, about several weeks. A couple weeks. Yeah. So she was so unlocking windows, hoping she could sneak back in and have another party. But we're like, no, we're actually leaving. It's like, well. So we, we took off and we went, went through Colorado and six states, Wyoming, so we went up Utah, through Colorado. went up around California, Tahoe, mm-hmm. pulling that camper with an F day cruiser. Two puppy dogs in the back seat. That's living the dream. Nail biting and. We yeah. got to that ranch. It was an 1,100 acre ranch, and it was it's beautiful. We had I was the pool boy. She kind of got the the grunt work, the shite into the, the stick because she was the housekeeper, and I I would just lay around in my shorts and clean the pool. And then and the they had about what 30 horses that we had access mm-hmm. to, and on our days off, we just horseback r- ride, hike, you name it, wine wine tours, and it was the lake. It was nice. It was nice, but then the youngest had a couple scholarships, and some conflicted with the other. So, okay. but we also then did find the boat. Yeah, we yeah. In, yeah, in the process of being at Napa the whole time, we were just trying to fulfill that dream and just looking at boats, looking at boats, Craigslist, and this and that and this and that. And we found the perfect boat because it was a pilot house, which you know could keep you. I mean, you saw it; it could mm-hmm. keep you out of the weather, which is yeah. probably the only thing that saved my life because there's no way in an open cockpit that no way I would have survived that. Our dream was to pick it up in Cancun and bring it back to Texas until I finished out my year of teaching. So y'all came, y'all came back, just to be clear, so people follow, y'all came back um, from, from the, California the California trip. Mm-hmm. And, and to get back to, to, work, get back to, to work, to pay for the girls' school. Yeah. And, and we so had been evacuated several times with the fires out there, and then we just knew it was, we just needed to come back. There, yeah. We weren't getting the the hours that we needed so we weren't able to make the payments and what uh we put a down payment on the boat while we were in california and i told the guy that i'd be there by what Mm mid-november something like that so this was november 2020 or what what, yep what time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes yes Mm -hmm. so that was my plan was to fly there once we got back to texas and got back to normal and i was going to fly there and sell it home um on my own probably not the best idea but probably worked out better because i don't think anybody yeah. if somebody was with me i don't think they would have i mean i had to tie myself to the chair to just to right, stay in the right. boat you know let's all right so let's slow it down just a bit so you you came back you had already identified the boat when you were correct yeah we put a down back. payment in it on payment all while we were in california and we just had yeah. to get there and pay it off and do the paperwork and that ended up being the big ordeal that slowed me down though I was stuck in Mexico for over a month but so a lot of it was the fact that the seller wasn't in Mexico the he was seller in Argentina was in Argentina so now we're dealing with America Mexico and Argentina, Argentina. so we're dealing with three different places <laughs> and where was it at port again in uh, Isla Mujeres okay so it's okay. you know a ferry yeah. ride from Cancun yeah and then there so was you got there expecting to be able to just that's what I was hoping it was going to be a week and then I was just going to bounce um and I mean even in the process we put a down payment on it several months ahead of time Mm -hmm. there's what two three hurricanes that unfortunately was in it was in a good marina and it just made it through every storm Mm -hmm. and it was in great condition when I got there (laughs) just tucked in amongst other boats Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) you had to move x amount of boats before you could get that one out yeah it was it was it was an inexpensive marina so they just this guy had maybe six um slips and probably had a 
15 or 16 boats in there. No. Was, <laughs> every boat was tied to the other boat. Mm-hmm. You climb on other people's boats. Yeah, just to, to get, get just to yeah. get to the shower. You know, you'd climb over three boats and then hop on the dock and then. So did you just stay on the boat while you were there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's not a horrible place. To no, it was it was awesome. Oh. Aside from well, approximately 20 mosquito bites a day. Um, and once he realized that somebody tr- almost he robbed me, take off his jewelry and yeah. Uh-huh. Well, just yeah, just my chain, and I wore the same exact dirty clothes every day, and they went to the same store and the same restaurant. Um, but man, a beautiful food, ate like a king, and you know, a couple of bucks a day. It was, it was nice, but I just didn't. But it does I get didn't old, anticipate. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't anticipate being there that long. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So what were you doing all of this time? Just just working and so worrying well, and yeah, well, worrying. so I came back. I came back and in the frantic because I had quit my job as a teacher. I came back and called everyone I knew and said, "I just I need a teaching job." And so I actually got back into the school district and started teaching again. And then he left. Um, and the, the funny story about when he left was um, we have well we had. Um, electric skateboards that we used to, when we lived up here, we would go everywhere. And even out in California, we'd go everywhere on our electric skateboards. And um, he took it with him thinking that he would be able to take it down there and avoid some taxi fees. Right. 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 And he got to the airport and the gal at the airport said, no. Well, it had a massive lithium battery lithium on it. Battery yeah. on and they're not big fans of those things no, on airplanes. No. <laughs> so they got to talking and... Her old friends was a sailor, and she was like, "Where are you going? What are you yeah. doing?" I was like, "I'm going to go sail my boat home." I'm like, Hoop. so long story short, her friend that lived in Florida, he was willing to fly to Cancun. To she help was him. F- since she worked for the airline, she flew him out to right to okay and, and to so Isla. She, she was going to fly him out there to help him, and then she said, "You just give your girlfriend my number, and I'll I'll let her come pick up the skateboard, so that way you're not out of a you know right, a board because right. those were." I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive. And, of course, he calls me after he gets through security. And I was like, what? People, this is this, no. It doesn't sound normal. I'll like, tell you I that. I mean, I figured it was like a tears. blessing. I was like, dude, right. now I don't have to sail this boat all by myself across the Gulf of Mexico. I can have somebody help me, you know, and take the helm here and there. So you trusted her not only to ship this random guy to you to help, but also to get your boards back to you? Well, she came and picked him up. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and, w- and then we got to talking for a bit, and, you know, she shared – her friend in Florida, his story a little bit with me. And I thought, okay, well, I feel a little more secure yeah. about, you know, his back history of everything that was going on. But that it, didn't it turned out that out, um, but all he knew was terminology and organizational skills and organizational skills, which did help, which did help before I left. But, uh, he, um, taking him on was, I mean, I'm not trying to blame him, but it was a major variable and yeah, what ended up yeah. occurring. So uh, there for a month, and then one day you get the all clear, or is it like, okay, I know that, that the all clear is coming? <laughs> That's a whole another story because we paid him his money, and it was going to be a significant amount of time until I could physically get the, the paperwork to leave Mexico. Because the paperwork so, had to go from Argentina to the States to Mexico. So, so it wasn't just a quick. Yeah. He was like, I can hire this guy that'll come uh, facilitate the process and you will act as the captain of my boat. He's like, but I found another buyer. 
that's willing to pay more. Are you kidding? So I need another $2,000 from you in order for me to facilitate this for you. What? And He's about ready to leave. Like, he had already loaded the boat I mean, with diesel, with water, with, like, we, we knew he was leaving. And I was like, you're on your way. Yes, he's on his way home. But then, no. So we had to send him a post-dated check, which I've thus canceled, um, in order for him to, you know, facilitate me leaving. And then I had to go meet up with this random random guy and pay him 3,000 pesos, which equates to 150 bucks. I mean, at the present, I'm not sure. And then finally the next day, I was like, or that afternoon, I was like, that's yes. it. I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I showed the paperwork to the, uh, the, uh, the guy that owned the marina because he wasn't. My boat was packed back in behind eight boats, mm-hmm. and he wasn't going to let me leave until he got the okay from the seller. Right. And so he finally got the okay. Um, so I, I, I take off. I go hit the gas station, you know, by, gosh, 100 and something gallons of diesel. Um, and then... We take off. You, I mean, the weather had looked good. Oh, yeah. Oh, I checked the weather. Forecast fine. was great. So we start heading out, and probably about seven or eight miles out, when it's, once I'm trying to kind of go around Cancun, the, um, the weather was, I mean, not the weather, but the wind was not favorable. But it, I mean, I knew it was going to be like that at that point because I, I just <laughs> knew it. But as soon as we left the, uh, like, the safety of the harbor, I guess, or the, the, um, the bay, the, the no guy, wake zone. <laughs> yeah, the no wake zone. The guy that I was with that was an avid sailor and knew everything, he immediately done. Sick. Done. Sick. Sick, sleeping. He went downstairs. And I'd only sailed this boat, you know, just on the test sail mm-hmm. before I, you know, before we gave the guy the money. So it got to that point and I was like, oh man, I lost the wind. It's It's not in my favor. And I knew I just had to get around the around the corner of Cancun, so I was like, "Okay, no big deal. I got a, a buttload of diesel." So I sparked up the motor and started dropping the sails. But you know, I'm trying to manage six winches and six lines and two sails and all this stuff, and so I'm starting to roll. Up, you know, I, 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 unfortunately, I rolled in the main first, um, and the the jib was flapping and. Uh, the, the port jib line went under the boat, and I'm cruising, you know, and I can hear the motor, and all of a sudden, nothing. And I knew immediately. I said, Bob, we sucked a line into the screw. Um, and, you know, they're like six, seven-foot seas at this point, mm-hmm. and I had no motor. And, the, 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 I mean, I, I, I couldn't pull the jib back out because the line was sucked up into the damn propeller. So I woke him up. I was like, look, dude, Sorry. And I put a, a knife in my mouth and dove down there and tied a rope around my, my arm. And I said, look, man, if you don't see me for a minute or so, you need to pull me up. I said, probably less than that because the whole time I've been here, I've been so bored. I've been smoking and I quit smoking, but I was smoking <laughs> again. So I probably had zero breath. And I spent about three hours just diving down, cutting some rope, diving down, cutting some rope, diving down, cutting some rope. And it, got, it finally got to the point where it was just around the shaft. Yeah. And I was like, cool. I know I'm good now. I know I can at least move. So I got back on the boat. You know, I'm all cut, all cut up from, from the prop just scraping me and the boat hitting me. And yeah. So I was like, dude, we got to turn back. You know, it's six or seven miles, but 
we got to go back. I need to fix this. I need to fix the, the jib lines and cut the rest of this rope off. So we turned around, got back, <clears throat> you know, rested the rest of the evening and woke up in the morning and dove back down, cut the rest of the rope off, you know, replaced, repaired the rope on the jib. And we took off again, and it was the same deal. As soon as we hit waters that were, you know, not like Lake Travis, yeah, uh, he was immediately under immediately under um so i just was like you know whatever i intended on doing this myself i'm just gonna keep cruising so i just kept going and finally i don't know like three in the morning i kicked him and woke him up it's like look dude we need bearing 330 just keep this thing on 330 just give me a couple hours of sleep and then i'll wake up and relieve you yeah so you know within minutes i could hear the sails flapping so i was like dude there's no way we're on course because the wind should be filling these sails mm -hmm. so i get up there and then he's like 45 degrees off course and i get him back on course and it was that that happened like two or three times and then finally but you had taught him how so i just kept you know because like like the autopilot didn't work the screen was broken so it was just you know you had to you had to be on the helm you know yeah. and then finally i don't know the third or fourth time he 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 goes below and he's like troy we lost the helm you know which means that usually means that your rudder is toast. But this dude had turned the helm all the way to the right where it wouldn't turn anymore like like you're in a car doing a U-turn. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you this thing goes both ways. I, mean, I thought you I thought you knew how to sail. Um, I was like, just go back to bed, man. Just go back to bed. And uh, the next morning, he pops up and he's like, I'm done. Well, but what did he lose in the process? Is he drinking water? Hey. Quit drinking water. What did he lose in the process? Oh, the the dinghy. Lost the dinghy to the boats. Because he How? had well, I had it. We had it. Uh, I forgot about that. Two ropes. It was tied with two uh, ropes. At first, before we left, it's got this platform on the stern where you lift the outboard and you attach it to this platform, yeah. and then you strap down the dinghy, the dinghy to the roof. And I set up a couple pulleys. Um, and I was in the dinghy and he was up on the boat and it was, you know, I even put myself on the harness that I created and I could pull myself up and down, no problem. So I attached it to the, to the outboard and then, you know, un unbolted the outboard. So, so all, all he had to do was pull it up and then I was right there to put it on the platform. He's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I physically couldn't yeah. do it. I mean, he was an older dude. Yeah. But it's like, I, I couldn't trust him to be in the dinghy and then obviously I couldn't trust him up there so I had put two ropes so we could tow the dinghy well in that process of that few minutes of sleep that I was trying to get we were just spinning around in circles spinning around spinning around I guess I was just so tired I didn't really feel it at that point yeah but the um, friction had severed the rope yep severed the rope both of them. And this is at night. Yeah, it was so no. you had no, you didn't know. Yep, I didn't know till I didn't know till the daylight, and so and Whoa. I. Somebody has a brand new thingy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, sure, it floated up somewhere. It might maybe in Corpus next to the damn boat. <laughs> <laughs> but and then you know, as soon as the sun comes up, I'm like, Bob, the dinghy's gone. He's like, what? And you know, to him that was the lifeboat, even though we had plenty of other, you know, an EPIRB and uh, you know. SOS on the on the sat phone and yeah you know plenty of life jackets and but he was 
in the morning, as soon as the sun came up, and I told him that, or the sun came up, he's like, I'm done. Take me. Take me take me back to Mexico. I was like, dude, there is no going back to Mexico. There's no towns around here. He wanted him to make an immediate left. Yeah, he wanted me just mm-hmm. to bust a left sure. and let him hop off. So it took a couple of days of him sleeping, and it I got him. two days to get to Tampico. No, Compres- Com- Progresso. Oh, Progresso. Tampico is right. where the Russian yeah. tanker took me. So I got to got to Progresso, and he already had his bags packed, you know. And I the, the winds obviously weren't in my favor then going that direction because that's not, you know, we that's why we we're picking up the boat at that time of year because the currents and the winds go straight to damn Corpus. Yeah. So I had to motor the whole way, whole two days to mm-hmm. to get him there, and I pulled straight up to the gas station to refill, and he was off like a prom dress. He was off that boat so quick, it was ridiculous. And on to the first bus. Yep. Even Troy even got on the bus. Well, I walked with him to the bus station because he didn't, I mean, I'd speak Spanish. He didn't speak a lick of Spanish. I mean, he he hopped on the bus and he didn't have pesos or anything to pay the guy. And I told the bus driver, like, look, he's got nothing. (laughs) Um, He was like, okay, whatever. He didn't Spanish, obviously. but And I shook his hand because I I just kind of, you know, was like, whatever. You know, I just, I I guess all your boat experience has just been at the dock. You know, just talking to buddies and learning, mm-hmm. learning the term, learn, learning the terminology. Um, it's like, okay, fine, whatever. You know, see you later. Thanks for, you know, he did help me organize the boat and you know make some lists and get some things cleaned up for the. I guess he was there about a week before we left, waiting for the paperwork to get come through. Have y'all spoken since? No. Uh, the next I I chose. I was so tired. I I moored out front of that gas station. Um, and then the next next day was Christmas Eve when you left. No, I left like the, the day 21st. Before? I left Progresso like the 22nd or something, 23rd, maybe something like that. 22nd, okay. 23rd. But he sent an email and copied me to the his friend okay. that I met at Southwest Airlines that provided yeah. him a ticket to go there. And he was like just saying like, oh, Troy allowed water to get inside the hole and just made a bunch of excuses as to why he as to why he bailed yeah um so immediately i attempted to call him he'd block my call block my call and so i texted him i was like look dude you're just a coward you can't you can't blame this on me you're just i mean i mean I, several other explic- explicatives yeah but uh <clears throat> no he was he hasn't ever responded to me at all he just won't i mean i've attempted to call him a few times uh you know, I have shortly thereafter, there's been a couple of times, you know, I'd wake up at two, three in the morning from a nightmare of being on a boat. And I, I re-remind him of mm-hmm. what a coward that yeah. he was and in, in not quite the nice way. Um, so, yeah, I haven't heard anything from him. I mean, he definitely caused me a lot of heartache because once I jumped off the boat after the storm, I had a lot of answers to, to a lot, lot to answer to for from immigration and uh the, the Mexican he army yeah. because he was on my Zarpa. Right. You know, my Zarpa has got my passport, his passport, where you're coming from, where you're going. And he obviously wasn't, he wasn't, wasn't there. So it was, they just, they drilled me for quite a bit. That's for sure. I imagine. Just fortunately, I, I speak pretty good Spanish. So that, so that helped me out quite a bit. And they were afterwards, they were quite amused and it was selfie time. <laughs> but, 
So yeah. then he leaves. So then he leaves Progresso. Check the weather before I left. Yeah, he even messaged me. Clear five-day window. Tell me what the weather's like. I said everything looks good. We're good to go. Yeah, and ironically, right before that storm hit, I don't that know was, what like that was Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, it was. It was the morning of Christmas. How far off off the uh, coast? I was coast probably about 200, 200 miles off the coast of Progresso at that point. Okay. So I'd been it had been a couple of days on my own just cruising and I'd. Beautiful pictures, incredible. I mean. Yeah, I mean it looked great, and I I'd even texted her about yeah. an hour before the storm. I was like, good. I was like, man, I'm finally having fun. And yeah. I was like, I'm just about to cook my pizza. You know, I I had my my little frying pan wired down to the <laughs> to the stove and I'd cover that thing up and you know I bought some little pizzas from the store in Progresso and I was like this is just now starting to have fun and then I looked he said, do me a favor check the weather he yeah because I saw something he said doesn't look right check the weather for was me. it a, was it the was that, was the northern. Front? that was the northern mm-hmm. I remember one right around Christmas so. it's Christmas Eve it hit uh, it hit here in um no, it was the night before Christmas Eve yeah. that it had, it had, or Christmas Eve day that it, it did here, and then it went down there. Right. <coughs> yeah. I so said, I said, "Babe, I said there's some strong winds coming out of the north, but you should be fine because it's going. You know, you'll be all right." And he was like, "All right." So okay. I, I rolled up the sails, and just cranked on the motor. I was like, "I'm not gonna try and sail through this because, not on my own. I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, I could just see a gray wall coming at me, and man, within minutes." Mm-hmm. Within minutes, it was just a shite show. It was not cool, and it just got progressively. At, at first, you know, the waves were probably, I don't know, 20 feet, and I was just kind of broadsiding them. So I turned the wheel all the way starboard to get straight into the in the waves, but the winds were so strong. I mean, it literally was probably four minutes that I had the wheel cranked all the way to the right with the throttle punched, and it just wasn't moving. It just wasn't moving. I was just taking these waves broadside, broadside. And luckily, it's a shoal keel boat because it was taking it like a tank. Uh, and then finally, I got it to turn, you know, come around, come about. And as soon as I was at the bearing that I wanted, uh, I was trying to crank the, crank the, crank the wheel back. But by then, it was too late. The wind had already smacked me over. Every time completely. you made a correction, it had, it, it just it had put you back com- completely. And so finally, that that took a little bit. Um, to get that thing right, because that man, she was fat, dude. Mm-hmm. She was hard to steer, really hard to like. It would before I would take a nap. Those you know, couple of days on when I was by myself, it was it would take me about an hour or two to get that to just to maintain a bearing. You know, if I had had an operational autopilot, it wouldn't have been an issue. But mm-hmm. I intended on getting home and fixing that thing, so it would take me a while to you know to get her right, and then I would lay down, take a nap. So I knew. I knew hitting that storm it was going to be an issue, but I got it. I I got her pointed, and once she was pointed, it just progressively got worse and worse. And the the winds got so strong that even though the sails were completely rolled up, both the main and the jib were on a furler. You know what I mean by a furler? It's a pole that yeah. the 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 sail wraps right, around. Right. And you had them tied off. Oh, you had them tied yeah. off yeah. everything. Uh, and the winds were so strong, it just over the next couple hours. It just, at first it ripped, I mean, it just ripped them to pieces, even though they were furled up. And I was did just, you, did you see it? Was it, would have been, it been too unsafe to, okay, they're coming unfurled, so I need to go up there and button things up. There's, that's no, I mean, they were, uh, yeah, there's no way I could have gone on deck. Yeah. Yeah. They, I did yeah. once because um, after the jib got ripped to pieces, it was just flapping around like a, 
American flag at, you know, Sam's car dealership. Just flopping and flopping. Well, that's when you climb through with the knife yeah. in your mouth. Yeah, well, see, I knew that, um, I was like, just stay attached. And I was like, as long as it breaks, if it does break, the furler, because the wind, I mean, I'm just diving through these waves, because the waves eventually got up to, you know, 40 feet. And at that point, I think they were only around 30 when I had to go up through the front hatch. But I was, I was like praying that the, the bottom section snapped off. So that way it would just fly like a flag. Yeah. But the top section broke off and so immediately just... slapped and went into the water. And I knew within seconds it was going to wrap around the prop, just like the initial time, you know, time that I tried to depart. So luckily it was pointed. I threw it in neutral. I ran, I mean, I already had a, uh, some lines going all the way from the stern to the bow that I'd prepared before I left with, you know, with rope that if I had to get out there, I could, I had a harness, I could harness and and tie off. So I ran down through the, I I pointed it, put it in neutral and ran down through the the cabin and through that front hatch open, clipped on. um, And I went to cut it off and I have no idea how, but it was the luckiest thing ever. But I went to start cutting and I dropped the knife and I'd somehow caught it by the blade, you know, cut my fingers up pretty good, but I caught the damn thing. And then I just went from there. I just cut it off and it just took off. Oh, it was gone. It was gone. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I just closed the hatch, battened it, ran back up through that damn thing back and, and forward and just kept trucking, kept trucking. And then, uh, how much time had passed at this point? Since at that point, the, you cut it. The, the storm started about two o'clock. And so, at that point, it was it was probably 8 o'clock at night. So we had purchased a Garmin before he left. Mm-hmm. So that way we could communicate with each other while he was out. Um, when he got back, I had said, do you realize that some of the messages that you had sent me? And he said, I only sent you one message. And I said, no, I have message after message after message of everything you went through. And so this started. Well, on, until it got start, super then ugly. It sta- yeah. But it started on a Wednesday afternoon, on Wednesday afternoon, yeah. the 23rd, and then, and this is what I have here. And so then by a noon on Christmas Eve, he tells me that there's two meter seas. That's Christmas Day. This is, no, Christmas Eve. Moving slow. And then all of a sudden, then that's when it all starts to kick in. I said, there's a storm breaking. And then that's when it starts to hit at about four o'clock that the storm the 40 foot waves and then I thought oh he's joking and I'm with my daughter and some friends on Christmas Eve and I was like oh what he's just he's just being snarky he's just trying to make me worry whatever what's snarky mean (laughs) and so then all of a sudden it just it just went all downhill from there but he doesn't remember you don't remember sending those Mm -mm. texts Mm -mm. so you were already like in panic or shock shock, I was mm -hmm. thinking yeah and, and some of the, I mean, I was just, had no idea. And then he finally, he says, oh gosh, it was pretty late. He says, I'm done. That was the next day. Was that Christmas was the day. next day, Christmas Eve, or Christmas Day. And this is 24 hours later. He says, I'm done. So let's get there. Let's, I don't mean to cut you off. No, you Between 8 p.m. And, and that text, do you remember yeah, I remember Anything? after that, the main um, broke loose, and luckily it broke loose from the bottom. So that massive, gosh, it was probably about a 40-foot furler, 
was just like perpendicular to the mast because the winds were still so so strong and the you know that you could just hear the well the before that the worst the worst <laughs> worst sound was the wind generator that took about two hours to finally break to pieces and once that damn thing the last that had three blades after the first blade broke that thing got loud we got a balance and then after yeah. the second blade broke it got even louder and yeah. i'm like you're just taunting me i mean this away. storm's trying to kill me this boat's trying to keep me alive and this damn wind generator is killing me i mean it was the most the worst sound ever and yeah. then finally the last blade broke off and it shot right into the into the pilot house because i had the back doors propped open with a like a broomstick uh-huh. and I didn't have time to close them. So I was like, man, I hope it's like a missile flying through. This. Yes. And it landed right next to me. I was like, thank goodness. Don't lose another finger. This <laughs> thing is finally gone. And then I heard the whole actual wind generator part of it rip off. Um, but yeah, after that, when the main broke off from the bottom of the mast, um, I saw the, you know, the main halyard pop loose. And I was like, dude, another line that's going to get wrapped into the screw. So I did the same thing. I put it in neutral. I jumped up through the center hatch and had the knife in my mouth, and I cut that sucker loose. Um, and then there was there was another jib line that just was flopping that I was able to, once it came loose from the rear winch, I grabbed it somehow and pulled it into the, the pilot house, and I closed the window on it. But there's still like, you know, half, three-quarter inch gap. So the whole time, every time I would go down these massive waves of the whole last end of the boat completely out, I would just get hosed, even through that little yeah. that little slot in the window, you know, and I was just holding on to that thing. And that's actually the rope that I used to tie myself to the chair because I kept getting thrown out. Um, gosh, and then it just, you know, it was just wave after wave after wave. And that's you that's really what ended up screwing me. You described it as being on a wave runner, hitting a wave. And he would yeah, go like going out behind of the a water. Jump, jumping out of the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the whole boat would, and that's what ended would completely go out of the, the water. Transmission was he was completely out of the water, but he still had the prop was going. Oh, yeah, so the, many prop, things the prop that were would, would just go out of control, but I, I couldn't reach over to throttle down. And once it would pow. Because you were tied off? I, yeah, I was tied in while I was holding on to the damn steering wheel. So I couldn't even reach that one foot over to, to throttle down because I was just so busy trying to keep that thing dead into, you know, dead at 360. And if you had throttled down, would you have been able to even maintain? I mean, if I had throttled down, I wouldn't have blown the transmission, you know, and I wouldn't have been dead in water the next day because that's, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen Deadliest Catch, but. <laughs> I have these images in my head that I can't even, like, they, they won't, they would never do it justice for actually experiencing it. Um, what what time of the night did you t- say okay, I got to tie myself off just Finally, to be safe? Oh, pretty pretty early once on. I, yeah, pretty early on. Once okay. I got thrown out a couple times, and then I had the I landed on the couch once, which was bolted down to the floor, which was now flying all over the place. So uh, yeah, but then I guess finally about two three in the morning, you know, it chilled out to like I don't know ten fifteen foot seas. I was bobbing around pretty good, but I was just so exhausted. And I told myself, I was like, if this boat can handle what it just went through, it can bob around for a while. Yeah. So I just shut everything off. I laid down and went to sleep. I was exhausted. And then, I don't know, 
how shortly thereafter. I don't know if it was half an hour or 45 minutes or an hour or an hour and a half. And you know, yeah, it, it was still just still coming out of the water. Oh, it was, no, it was, wasn't obviously nowhere near what that storm was, but it was still significantly bouncing around. I was like, all right, I guess I got to get up and drive this damn thing back to Mexico. So I got up and started it back up and checked my position and, you know, got the right bearing and started heading back to Mexico. Um, and then, gosh, I don't know, a couple hours after the sun came up, I was cruising. It's doing like six and a half knots, heading back to Progresso. And all of a sudden, I was doing a knot and a half. It's like, something's not right. The motor's still at the same RPM, but I'm not doing the speed I should be doing. So I popped the floorboard up, and uh, the shaft wasn't spinning. Mm. And, you know, I checked the fluids, and everything was good, but... You know, I either blew the transmission or the clutch, one or the other, but it was toast. And that's when I... That's what, it was that's about I, noon. That's when I messaged her. I was like, that's it. Done. That's you can do. Made so you time. stuck it out through through the storm. Yeah, I had no choice because nobody was going to come get me. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's no... I but mean, even I, so, I don't it was think a I would, I don't think I would have survived in a life jacket that was so intense. Yeah. I mean, seeing white caps on waves that damn big... And do you think that, I mean, you feel pretty certain that the having had to put the boat through that is what did your transmission or yep. your clutch? Yeah, you don't because feel like it, it was bad to begin with. Or no, no, it was good. I checked everything. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, because I would go all the way up that wave and then I would go straight down. And the whole, for the couple times the whole boat came out of the water, but other than that it was just the complete back half of the boat was was out of the water when it would slap down and start heading down this yeah wave that looks like a cliff um and i couldn't throttle down so i think just from the prop just spinning out of control and then and hitting, and then hitting the water again and just completely changing speed to a fraction of what it was doing mm-hmm. you know it was an older boat so i'm i'm pretty sure that's what blew the clutch yeah so text at 8 a.m.-ish, I'm done. What was it? And then what? 11 or 12, I think I made it. I think I was going for quite a it while. Was new, it was around noon on okay, Christmas noon. Day. Said he was done. Blew the, what, blew the transmission. Or the transmission's out. Said I'm done. I'm drifting 40 miles off the coast. I put out a May Day. I think the Mexican Coast Guard is on their way. And that was a thought. The Mexican Coast Guard was not was on, not on way. the way. No, those old, those jerks took. <laughs> it's Christmas Day, so I guess they were having their Christmas party, and it took them about an hour just to answer my May Day. And a Russian tanker picked up the May Day and tried to call. The called, Mexican yeah, they tried to call Coast the Mexican Guard. Navy to say, "Hey, we've got the, we heard this guy issued a May Day, and they, we heard him giving out his position. Uh, can we go pick him up?" And they wouldn't answer the phone, so. So they picked you up anyway. Well, no, a couple <laughs> hours. They, I guess they couldn't. They had to wait till they got permission. Oh, okay. So it took okay. them a couple hours to get permission. Um, and then I, I, a couple hours later, I saw him on the horizon and it didn't, I thought it was like a little fishing boat or something. I didn't realize it was a 360 foot tanker. So I was like, man, I got all these flares. I'm going to shoot them off. I knew they, I knew they, I knew they knew my position, yeah, but I, yeah. mean, there, I knew there's nothing else I was going to do with them. So I just started. Um, and I had heard the worst of it, like at eight o'clock Christmas Eve. And so... That was the last I had heard of him oh, until so noon the next, the next day. day. And so oh, I'm wow. calling, you know, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, am I the only one that knows? Does this, 
mom know? Does his daughter know? Like, am I the only person that knows? Am I the person that needs to be calling these people and telling them that I haven't heard from your dad or your yeah. son for X amount of hours? Called his buddy, and I, because his buddy lives in Mexico, and I was like, what do I do? I don't even, like, I know the name of the boat. I know the, I know everything, but what do I do? And then, you had the GPS position. Mm-hmm, and then the within, within an hour, he then messaged me and said, I called my day. And I was like, okay, Merry Christmas. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And they pulled up, and man, that guy, I wish I could remember his name. Well, they, they didn't just pull up. It wasn't just a pull up. It was a pull up, circle around, well, they tried Try again. It took, it took a couple <laughs> tries, but I mean, that captain was a, he was a badass. I mean, to pull a 360 foot tanker up next to a 34 foot boat. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously I had to jump off, but he was a hell of a captain. I mean, he was, he was good. And I, I, they had like a little life ring and then they had a, I guess two life rings and then a, a rope ladder. Cause it was, they were empty. So it was the. The boat was, you know, it was out of the water, wasn't drawing that much water. And then they had this, like, a 25-foot-wide net that drooped down the side of the boat, climb up that. So before you jump off, you're like, okay, i got to figure out what I'm going to grab. Not much, yeah. Yeah. Ziploc bags and a backpack. Ziploc bags. I put my phone in two Ziplocs and then um, a bottle of rum and a pack of cigarettes and a a hoodie hoodie and my blue jeans (laughs) that I had to give to the cook. I didn't have to, but the guy really took care of me. And then uh, (laughs) jumped off swam over to that net and I started to climb up the net and they're like no 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 they threw the you know the, the life ring at me yeah and then, and then I got inside that and then they dragged me like 40 foot up to where that rope ladder was mm-hmm. and then I but even the rope ladder took a long time oh after. I was fatigued yeah yeah I don't imagine I got up there and walked into the they, they took me into the little you know to the poop deck and the little um, room where they all hung out and I gave the guy, uh, the engineer, I gave my phone. I was like, dude, give me one last picture of the boat. <laughs> so he ran up there and took the last picture of the boat. And then you have it. Mm-hmm. He did. But, and then within minutes there, he was like, dude, I think they, somebody's already taken your boat. Uh, somebody so already claimed it. You mean? Uh, yeah. I mean, cause you know, maritime law, once you jump off your boat and it's not occupied, they can, they can come take it. So the next day, the Mexican Navy calls the captain of the boat that I was on, and they said, the fishermen took the boat, but we took it from them, and we're dragging it back to Progreso. It's like 120 miles. So did they, the fishermen hear the mayday? How did they find out that the boat was there? Oh, they were watching me. the radio, there's a mayday. <laughs> they ignored my mayday. They were just waiting for me to jump off it so they could rape it, which is what they did. Yeah. But you saw the inside, right? No, I didn't go in. No, I just saw it from the outside. Sad he sight. described it. So the the Mexican Navy, purposely, you're saying, didn't, you don't think they came and got you because they, um, or I, do you think it was? I don't know that they didn't come and get him. I think they were enjoying they just, their festivities. And well, and they just looked for the nearest boat, you know, because okay. you know, okay. people's AIS that tells them their location. Yeah. So that yeah. I think that's what that's took right. them a while to respond is that they found that tanker. Um, and it's the fishermen that, that were the fishermen could have. They, they were far closer than that tanker. Yeah. And I don't even want to know what it costs for that tanker to turn around and come get me. Um, I know gas isn't cheap. That's for sure. Yeah. I've yeah. seen the and sizes. For, yeah. 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 I've seen the size of those engines in that thing. It's they were all real cool. Oh, the guys man. on the tanker. <laughs> I bet. They. He would. So 
he was still messaging me on the Garmin because he also still didn't have cell service. So it was really intermittent that we would get to still kind of talk well, to each other. Well, I was in the middle of the ocean, so there's right. no yeah. cell service out there. And uh, he would tell me, well, Merry Christmas. He said, I'm watching Home Alone in Russian with Amer- <laughs> which he loves that movie, but with American subtitles. <laughs> like, oh, and drinking okay. a bottle of yeah, vodka. Drinking a b- and he's like, I gave away my jeans, so I'm eating like a king. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, when I when I <laughs> when I first got on, all my stuff, all my clothes were wet, and the uh, the cook or chef or whatever, um, he was really cool, and he took my clothes and took them down to the laundry, and you know, washed and dried everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and when he, you know, he brought them back to me folded, and he's like, I love Levi's. And he was Filipino. I love Levi's. I was like, here, dude, try them on. See if they fit you. And he tried them on, and they did. I was like, yours. Take them. And for the rest of the time I was on that boat, he was bringing me my meals. better there than I was eating here. Oh, yeah. And he'd he'd take my plate and do the dishes for me. And (laughs) How long did it take to get back or get to Mexico? uh, On the the tanker? On the tanker. I think it was on there for three days. Mm. And And then then you were on there, and you found out somebody got your boat. Yeah, the damn Navy called and said I needed to come pick it up. Well, and then and then when they got when they when stopped we, in Tampico. Yeah, when we got to port in Tampico, they had to go through all of that. Process. I had to. Where's your um, boat? Where's my boat? I had to deal with the <laughs> um, immigration, the army, and one other department. I forget, but either way, immigration. They were like, "Hey, um, you need to go to Progreso now and go pick up your boat." I was like, mm, "I kind of need to go home. I'll deal with that later." And come to find out, I mean, obviously it's sitting on the beach in Corpus. They never, they never took it. Or and those guys something. were threatening yeah, me, tell me that I needed to, I couldn't so even go home. It. I needed to go get it right then and there. So I really, well, and that so aspect I don't understand. I mean, I even tried to talk to the Coast Guard that's continuously calling me, telling me, telling them that, look, I, I mean, somebody took possession of the boat. Why am I, why am I now responsible for getting this? damn thing off the beach i mean they took yeah. it they told me to come get it what if i had gone to mexico and where was it yeah where would so it should have been in progresso should have been in progresso but they and then we so then we were here or he came back and this was mid-january so this is all around christmas time mm-hmm. so now we're in mid-january so you didn't get back to mid-january no um, you got back a couple new days years, of, yeah new like new year's, year's eve new yeah, year's day like and that. then all that time between christmas and new year's you had mentioned it was a you had to go through an ordeal because you're you know you're missing your passenger. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was that was before you ca- came back mm-hmm. to U.S. Okay. Yeah, they were like, "Where's Bob?" It's like, yeah. I don't know where Bob's at. I dropped his sorry ass <laughs> he off. Won't and answer me. <laughs> he won't answer my phone calls. I was like, "Here's his phone number. You're more than welcome to call him." I'm sure he's sitting on a boat dock. <laughs> <laughs> so we're mid-January now. Yeah, thinking, okay, now we need to try to figure out how to get to Progresso. When are we going to get to Progresso to go get the boat to deal with right. the boat? Um, two, one, two o'clock in the morning, sound asleep. It's middle of the week. We're both going to work the next day, pounding on the door. But naked. Here. Here, the apartment. Yeah. And um, I was like, what is going on? Of course, we have three grown children. Yeah. And so I go and I peek my head out like, hello. And it's a police officer. It's a city police officer. And so I, you're first thinking, thing you're I was the like, worst. the kid that's closest to us. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. She's down here at college. Oh, goodness. What? Like, huh? 
And then, of course, I was like, okay, well, what about the one that's out of state? Okay, this, this is when they make the th – there's only one reason why they make these calls. Right, right. And so then they said, is Troy here? And I was like, what did he goodness. do? No, before <laughs> that it do? was, oh, my goodness, it's his daughter. Uh, so now I've already gone through all three kids. I'm just sitting there just shaking. Yeah. And then he goes, can I talk to him? And I was like, what did he do? <laughs> what are you doing? Get out here. And I'm, and so then he comes out and like put some clothes on and police officer is like, this is just a well check. I want to make sure you're okay. And I'm like thinking, why did you call the police? But from the time he had come home, um, we had gone through quite a bit. Um, PTSD is extremely real. Um, we went through lots of nightmares. We went through lots of quite a bit, quite a bit together through that process. Yeah. Um, and there was times where I think he was doing some things that, you know, like maybe making a phone call that he didn't know that he had made. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh, he called the police and uh, yeah. I don't know, yeah. you know, what's going on. And so yeah. then um, he was like, no, just need to make sure you're OK. And I was like, he's OK. He's right here. Brought him out and. Then he said, I have the Coast Guard on the call, on the phone. I was like, the Coast Guard? He's here. He made it. We're safe. He's safe. We're s he's alive. That's all that matters. We're going to Progresso eventually. He said, the boat's in Corpus. I was no, like, he said it's 80 miles off the coast. Oh, yeah. It, was, it hadn't made it quite. It that hadn't was, made that it was quite the first yet. phone call before it hit the beach. And I said, what? <laughs> no, the boat's in Progresso. Progresso. He said, no, I need you to, and he was talking to Troy, he said, I need you to come downstairs, and on my radio, I need you to talk to the Coast Guard. No, my passport was in my truck. He just had to yeah, verify to that it was. Everything. Yeah, it was, and they yeah. even then even asked, where's Bob? And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, like, we've already, he already cleared all this when he came. And, um, yeah, so we sat for a couple hours talking to the police, and. And they called Coast a week Guard. later and said, well, now it's on the beach. <laughs> and we then to, that's we when need you to come get it. we were, I mean, with all our campers and everything, we were on the beach in Corpus for two full summers. And we had been friends with lots of people on all the Facebook sites and people were posting pictures of the boat. On the beach. I had never yeah. met the boat. I still haven't met her. I haven't been down to see her yet because I've been working yeah. when he's been trying to get off to go right. down with all the Coast Guard. Is, you need to come down immediately now and do this and do that to her. And um, so I'm seeing, still just seeing pictures of Showing her. Showing up. So, so I haven't seen anything. Um, when it's 80 miles off the coast of Texas for like a week, roughly, mm -hmm. right? Before it hit the... Was there I mean, was there any coordination or effort made by the Coast Guard or or any anybody? That's, okay, we need to we need to I told tie it to off and tow this thing in. I told him to sink it, but things have changed. <laughs> yeah, because my uh, actually my uncle's an admiral in the Coast Guard. He's retired, you know, which is fairly high ranking. And I remember when I was a little kid that he would uh, he took me out on on a cutter once, and uh, there was a barge, some sort of. Um, barge vessel and they turned on the 30 millimeter and they sank that damn thing just yeah. bow, 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 bow. so that's what I was hoping that they would do but apparently and you that asked was them. I asked them you to asked do them. it they're like just, you just, just go ahead and sink it because it's I already know it's stripped I already know yeah that's what they that's what the Coast they Guard, told you it was yeah they said who, whoever the fishermen 
got on your boat and they took absolutely everything. Electronics, the helm, I mean, doors. Took all my tuna, my peanut butter and jelly. I love the eggs, though. They did. They <laughs> two dozen eggs for some reason. Don't know why. But, yeah, they said they took everything. But apparently, so then you know, they knew that there was fuel and oil and stuff on there, so they're not going to sink it. Right. Um, and that's right. why I was down there last weekend was removing all that stuff to, to appease the. So you found out um, a week, first week in February that it was on the beach? March, yeah, it's yeah. only been, I think it's been there three weeks. Three weeks or four weeks? Three weeks, four so weeks? Just I'm before sure. Valentine's Day-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's stuck? Oh, it's stuck like Chuck. Oh. How, how, um, There's three sandbars out just yeah. past her. So, yeah. we, so it's not she, going and anywhere. And she's flipped over. Yeah, it already and apparently I was pretty amazed that it made it to, that's what shocks me, <laughs> is that it's on the literally on the beach. It's not on the first bar or the mm-hmm. second bar. It just so somehow it capsized, rewrited herself, and made it to the beach. But Robert that Robert boat, O'Keefe song. <laughs> that boat's a beast. <laughs> yeah, that boat is a beast. I mean, I wouldn't be alive. Yeah. It looked. I mean, just from being outside of it on the front and one side, like it's structurally mm-hmm. sound. Sound, yeah. It, I mean, but the pictures of the inside are. Oh, no, I haven't seen toast. anything inside. Oh, it's so toast. Yeah, it shen, she took on quite a bit of water during that storm. That was the first thing I did once everything chilled out at, at 2 in the morning was just pump, 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 yeah. pump, pump, pump. Um, but, yeah, the plan is to get some buddies together and somehow, I don't know, chop it up, put it in a trailer. and. I think that we need to turn it into something else. <laughs> but it's just too difficult. You know, there's no, yeah, there's there's no there boat ramp within 40 miles of that of that damn beach, you know. Mm-mm. Well, you can only know how you get it stuck out of the sand. Yeah. With well, that, that, and with that's that the keel. other thing is, is yeah. towing it, like a sea tow, you've got three sandbars to get through. Yeah. So that's They would need easy. a heck of a long rope yeah. to pull that sucker out because they're not going to get close. And then who's going to, you know, to dig out dig out a trench to get it out? It's just not feasible. Yeah. So um, Coast Guard's telling you to get it off the beach. And, the and pens. And pens. Mm-hmm. Has have they offered any sort of say? Okay, we got this. We got a front end loader. That's yeah. That's got. what they said. That if I, I gave them a little bit of heads up, then they would um, lend me an operator to I don't know pull potentially it crush it or pull it up or something somehow get it onto a trailer. Okay. I mean, I mean, I've got a buddy with a trailer and a bunch of guys that are yeah, willing to help out. And just so you gracious. know, yeah, it's oh amazing goodness. how good people He's, are. In Corpus. He has so many messages on his phone from people i'm like who are you messaging? he's like i don't even know who these people are but they're willing to meet me and help me I'm yeah like, so i've wow. made a few trips <laughs> we've made some attempts um you know we like we ripped the mast and the shrouds and everything off and s- threw the mast up on the beach if somebody wants to go uh grab that thing you take it to the scrapyard you probably make a couple <laughs> of bucks yeah it's at mile marker four <laughs> 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 but yeah, we're going to have to buy a lot of beer and barbecue and pizza and, you know, pay the dump fees and this, that, and the other. But if you could get it on to, I mean, if, if it could be dug out and could be put on a trailer somehow. Yeah. Would you entertain that idea? Yeah, that's what that's our intention. That's your intention. Yeah. Not not cut it up in place, but to Yeah, I'd rather not cut it up because I don't want to get all that yeah. fiberglass in the water. Yeah, you right. know what I mean? Because yeah. one buddy was like, dude, we'll just go, you know, I got a trailer and we'll just get four or five chainsaws and a bunch of chains and cut it up. And I'm like, man, it's a lot of fiberglass dust. Yeah. So I'm thinking if the pins guys <clears throat> said they would lend me that front loader, I mean, I think they could 
go up under the bow and yank it up to get the keel out mm -hmm. and maybe do a little bit of crushing and just, you know, have a bunch of guys <clears throat> with um, garbage bags just grabbing whatever yeah. debris pops off that's actually solid and not right. dust. Yeah. So that's that's the intention. And I know they uh, they keep calling me wondering when I'm going to get on the ball. <laughs> At least every other day or every third yeah. day. Yeah. The phone's ringing. Coast Guard or Pins? I was like, well, I'm hoping in a couple weekends. He's like, you know, it's going to be spring break. I'm like, oh, dude, there's no way we're going to get some equipment and a trailer we'll and everything out there. We to go down there and sell tickets. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that, that's the only thing we could probably count Make on is a bunch of drunk frat boys. <laughs> well, that's not a bad, I mean. Actually. They would probably be able to help. Just like set up a, um, a Facebook page and a date where people can share it. And because uh, people can be down there anyways. And it's like, you know, um, what happens when someone's driving down the beach and their truck gets stuck? I mean, people, a lot of people stop and help push it mm -hmm. out. I mean, imagine Because there's nothing else to there's do. There's nothing else to do. I mean. <laughs> drink beer and throw a frisbee. This right. guy, <laughs> this guy bu uh, pulled out a bluebird bus. Out of the Yeah, with my with FJ. little family. <laughs> so multiply that times. You know, right. I, I really, I mean, I think you could, if, if he set the time and date and with just a little bit of advertisement and maybe some, a little more exposure, hopefully through this helps too. Um, we could do something to get some folks out. Yeah, yank it out. But I, I, I saw it. It's not an easy task. No, it's not going to be. It's a lot. Of, we can talk about it all we want, but doing it's another mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. I just don't understand how it got that far up on the beach. I don't understand how it got from Progresso to Corpus. Yeah, I mean, I had enough food and water. I should have just stayed on the damn thing. Well, you would have flipped over. Well, I would have gotten close enough and, and put out a radio call for somebody to come tow me. But I just didn't realize. I mean, I knew the currents and the winds were coming this direction, which is obviously why we chose this time chose this time of year to, to make the the passage. But or I chose rather. Yeah, but you left but in December, and now we're into March. So you would or in February when we finally got the call, that would have taken you two months to drift. I had a bunch of eggs and peanut butter and jelly <laughs> and bunches of I don't know how many cans of tuna. Yeah, you could probably you second guess yourself. The, yeah, the you know, road, hindsight's twenty twenty. I, I can't imagine that after going through um, what felt like an, and, and was a near-death experience that you like no one would expect you to stay on on, on that thing because um, you probably you know you were not not just done like the boats broke but like like physically physically well, you can't, it was, yeah, it's just and there's no way I had enough rum to mat last me six <laughs> weeks but even after you came back I mean. We still have some sleepless nights still, even now that, you know, we kind of, especially when the Coast Guard or Pins calls and he goes down and comes back and it's like kind of relives it all over again. Right. It's like, right. okay, we need to get this boat yeah, off. Yeah, let's get it off the, the beach. Yeah. Because we love the beach. Right. We absolutely love the beach. Yeah, we're, and yeah. so we're spent a lot of time at Port A. For it to be a bad experience right. yeah. isn't no. what we need. So you have a... Your daughter set up uh, a GoFundMe, is mm -hmm. that right? Yep. Um, is it? Does it have a title or a, is good. there a way to search for it? I don't know. I'll Let's get the see. link from you and put it in into the description of this episode. But I'm so horribly um, illiterate when it comes to social media. Oh yeah. GoFundMe, uh, do a search for "Help Troy Sink the Boat," organized by his daughter Avery Rabigo. So, so help Troy sink the boat. Look for that. You'll see an image of him with his dog on the beach. 
So the other part of that, though, is the Coast Guard, I believe it was the Coast Guard, had mentioned that since it's on federal land, that he is in violation of federal property yeah. and that he could possibly, if he doesn't get it off there, he'll go to jail. So, or go to court and yeah. it will go through that whole process. And more, more expense. Right. So I, so I didn't restitution okay. and whatnot, you know. Yeah. Because it is on federal property right now. Right. And you know they're going to call the most expensive salvage company they can find, which yeah. is, yeah. I've called around and, you know, it's $150 per foot and $150 per hour after that. So it's, you know, an easy 10 grand. But I think with a bunch of buddies, we could, we could well, pull it off. Well, and Pins is willing to help. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. As long as I don't tick them off too much, which they're starting to get a little frustrated. When are you going to get your boat off our beach? Well, maybe if you can organize something <laughs> to get those frat boys to, instead of them drinking to help you get that yeah. boat off. I'm just worried, you know, that sounds like a good idea, but the liability involved is I would be responsible for, you yeah. know, when these yeah. morons hurting themselves, which invariably I'm sure would happen. Well, uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know how that would work. But I, I, uh, I think we can, outside of your tight knit of friends, I think you probably can reach out to a broader community that might already be there in the first place or is looking for an excuse to go down to Pins or Corpus and, right. and lend a hand. So, like I said, outside of the Go GoFundMe, I would encourage to set a date and uh, broadcast it in some form or fashion, mm -hmm. Facebook page or, like I said, I'll, 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 I'll help. I'm looking at the name. <laughs> that this text came from that <laughs> describes the GoFundMe. That's, uh, <laughs> that's your daughter. That's your daughter? Oh, well, I call her that, and uh, I call... Shitsky. That's nice. Mm -hmm. I call hers Demon Child. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody gets their name. Yeah. Because, you know, girls are... A lot of work. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we don't know what they call you. Or we do. I guess Daddy. That's uh. hope. <laughs> that's hope. Depends on if he's around. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> is there uh, anything else you wanted to mention before we close it out? First of all, thanks both of you for sharing because I know that's not easy to talk about, especially the uh, you know the traumatizing portion of the discussion. But it is a mystery how the thing ended up on the beach. Mm -hmm. It really is. How, I mean, I'm not surprised about the vandal or you know the stripping of it, um, but for them to say it's in Progresso and then oh, it's not. It's not. Never probably was, and it. Like, Magically showed up. Magically. Show. Do you want to tell them? I didn't know if you wanted to tell them the name. I, mean, I know the name, but I didn't know if you wanted to tell them the name of the vessel or not. That was the first thing I was going to change. It's, mm -hmm. it's called Fin of God. Yeah. Um, we were actually going to rename it Sandy Gina. <laughs> that was the name of our keeper. That was yeah. <laughs> But they say you're not supposed to change the name of a sailboat. Wait, did, 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 that's what you were going to name it? before like you knew the name when you that's bought what we named all of name, our yeah that was the name of our camper that we had that we sold that we then bought the boat just and a result of being on the beach too much those things tend to happen yeah <laughs> and it ended up on the beach mm -hmm. <laughs> how ironic <laughs> <laughs> man i wish i would have changed it actually uh, no, i think about it because right now on the on the shore i don't know while you were there if you saw it, it says ss minnow yes i did okay. see that mm -hmm. no, i'm not sure who did that but yeah, I even had a couple of people, like when I was getting, going on and off of it, trying to, you know, um, just make it more or, you know, less of a hazard. Well, and um, even when you're get, yeah, getting all the diesel off Yeah, people were just are you asking me, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you going? Yes. Yes, no, it's going again. 
Yeah, yeah. I saw SS Minnow and I saw Redneck Candy. Yeah, which I, don't I don't even know. I don't what know that what means. that means. I don't sure. know. There's, I mean, you've got um, in Corpus, you've got uh, one end to the other when it comes to beach people. Right, right. You yeah, know, I, don't, I didn't get that one. And those, and they didn't even spell it correctly. No, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> which probably means they they weren't rednecks. Oh. So. <laughs> 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 uh, um, is there anything else you want to mention that you either relate to this or not, but um, maybe something you... Gosh, just that I had a really good time with those Russians getting drunk, watching Home Alone, and saying, was it Nestrovia? Nestrovia. I think that was the most enjoyable part of the trip. Mm. Um, I mean, I definitely most had... Most stressful time for uh, me, but yeah, most enjoyable for him. Definitely had some adventures while I was in Mexico. Um, you know, people trying to rob you and this, that, and the other, but... Gosh, I sure ate good for not very expensive. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe we'll try it again later. Um, we will. Got to get back up on it. Have you been on the water since? Nope. At all? Nope. I had uh, uh, that weekend that I was there. I've got a buddy that was, uh, he just bought a new um, uh, center console. He's like, oh, we're going to go test out the new boat. I was like, you got a radio or a sat phone? Because, you know, there's no service there. Yeah. Or this, that, and the other, or an E-perb, or he's like, nope, nope, nope. I was like, I'll pass. <laughs> yeah. But even when we had gone down there, it wasn't too long. It was early in January. We had gone down there, and this is before we even knew the boat was there. Yeah. Uh, we had gone down before there. Before it was there. Yeah, before it was there. And um, went to our favorite spot and just kind of sat and just took it all in. and Took a nap on the sand. Or the just a lot to... Take in, because I mean, our dream was to sail through JB the Panama Luby. Canal and head out to wherever, other side of Mexico, go down to Australia. I mean, we were ready for it, but you know, now it's like I don't know. I've broken so many bones on motorcycles, I've given up on them. So I'm, I don't know if this is <laughs> not yet, because be I haven't been on it thing. yet. Yeah, so no, you're not giving my up. My dream right? hasn't been lost. So. Yeah, <laughs> but. Yeah, I mean, even when those guys picked me up, they're like, you're lucky. The last guys were picked up, and they were like, they were up on the bottom of their boat for eight days. <laughs> they flipped a catamaran oh, and wow. sat on the bottom of that boat for eight days until that those guys picked them up. That same tanker. I was like, man, how many people have y'all saved? Mm. <laughs> we end up having to go back to Mexico yeah. every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, they make this little trip where they go yeah. to Tampico. They go from Haiti to Tampico to New Orleans. New Orleans. To New York. To New York, and then back to Haiti. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. But all the, um, the engineers and the captain, first mate, all Russian. All the deckhands, the cook, all Filipino. Filipinos do 10-month mm -hmm. tours or yeah. shifts or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and the Russians do five months, and they get paid this. I mean, they get... The Russians make the same money for five months that the Filipinos yeah. do for ten months. Yeah. And, you know, they just like when I got on there, they took my passport and they took all their passports. But, you know, all these different ports that they hit, unless they're in where they're from, they can't get off the boat. No, especially with, you know. So they're telling yeah. me that they have to, <clears throat> there's certain people that come up that they have to pay for to get, to go get them cigarettes or a SIM card or, um, download movies or yeah. something like that. It's like, man, that's, I mean, I know it's a big boat, but it's a long time. That's mm -hmm. a long time. A whole year, basically. Mm -hmm. 
and man, those dude, those Russian dudes are smart. I mean, that's eight, 18, 19 years old. They're already graduating college, and I mean, like super good engineers and good captains, and they're just super young. It's like I just it was it was interesting to see yeah that side and hear what they'd experienced that that stage up. yeah yeah you know it's like man we are and you know they they, they speak at least two languages mm-hmm. you know we don't well you do yeah, yeah but you, you know yeah. it's like it's not a typical thing for Americans right. you know right. it's, it's it's just it's in, it's interesting what's what to see that what's expected out of them so I, it was that was a whole nother appreciation yeah yeah for people well i appreciate you putting this out there definitely i appreciate um, your help yeah no we'll we're gonna tap into the gofundme and uh, link that up uh i'm gonna text that to myself in the okay surely line. and um i'll be in touch i mean we'll figure out if we can um get some other volunteers if you set a date or something we'll see what we can do so i'll get since i'm uh, so social media <laughs> illiterate and i'll see if i can get my daughter to get something else going or maybe even I'll try. And this is <laughs> I think that would be a big help. Yeah, I like that idea about yeah. the, the plan, especially with spring break coming up, because there's tons of people down there. Yeah, I just don't really know if it would be safer to do it after spring break. Like you just don't, I mean, plus driving some big truck and trailer down the beach. Where, and, you know, that section of pins, it's it's not too bad at mile marker four. No, but you can almost two-wheel it yeah, there. Yeah, but beyond that. Yeah. It gets it gets hairy down there, you know. They yeah. don't, they don't well, whatever you do, you probably anything. have to coordinate with, through them anyway. Right. So they'll probably help you set that time. That's where I would start. Yeah, I know. I know they want it done sooner than later, but I know they want it done safely. So yeah. Yep. Hopefully, I can use that as my to my advantage to buy some more time. <laughs> okay, folks. Um, if you if you um, go to the link in the SoundCloud, we'll have the link to the GoFundMe. And uh, if we if they're able to develop a link for Facebook, we'll also pl- put that in there. So uh, we'll be able to access that and see what we can do to, to help out uh, Troy. So Troy, Teresa, thank you. Hey, thank, thank you. you. Appreciate this. It was fun. Thanks for having me for dinner Definitely. and the visit. Definitely. Thank, thank you for the you wine. So <laughs> you know, <laughs> and sausage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll come with the goods. <laughs> Thanks. Yes, sir. Okay, I'm going to jump back in here. I'm a couple days removed from recording this podcast with Troy and Teresa and just wanted to let you know that if you felt compelled to assist Troy in his efforts to remove the vessel off of the beach, you can go to GoFundMe, go to the search tab and type in the words, help Troy boat. And one of the first ones you'll see is help Troy sink the boat and stay out of jail organized by his daughter, Avery. So, um, Go to that site and 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 see if you can uh, donate a few bucks to assist Troy in his efforts. And if you don't feel compelled to do it on a uh, from a personal level, just uh, look at it from the standpoint of helping get some litter off of the beach. So, anyhow, thanks for listening. Appreciate the support for this podcast, and have a great day.